going into Noise Fest, I wasn't planning on playing any music. Uh, and then 10 minutes into being there, maybe, Austin from Mid-Valley Mutations said, hey, I'm doing a live broadcast if you want to play music on the air, like just in the middle of the day. And I said, I'm not prepared, but okay. But yeah, afterwards, I just had like extra energy and I felt like I, I accomplished something, even if I don't know what that was. I'm Aranea. I'm Christina. I'm Albert. I'm Nathan. And this is Dispatches from Outcasts, conversations from a creative community. In this episode, we talk about the I did a thing feeling, the feeling of satisfaction that comes from sharing a thing in person. Uh, shall I draw? Yeah. You got some of this, this uh, Foley of drawing stuff. What? What? Oh, it's the sound effects stuff. Is Foley? Foley? Yeah. I think that's when it's yeah. like, when it's artificial. It's uh, when they like create sound effects for oh. the for the thing. It's like the Foley artist is the person who like puts the clip clop 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 in the uh, in the radio drama. I, I don't even. I don't think it necessarily has to be like fake. I think it's okay. just like recording audio yeah. to be used. Can it be? Yeah, oh, that reminded me. Remember when I dressed up for the meeting? Mm-hmm. When I left the house, mm-hmm. Cameron called me a tall clip clop, <laughs> <laughs> and it reminded me of uh, I can't remember her name, but her shirt with all of like trash panda and danger noodle. <laughs> That's what you are. Fun side note: You are a tall clip clop. Hey, it's mine. Does your process, creative or otherwise, lend itself to that "I did a thing" feeling? Why not, or why? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote. You can pass around if you want to take a look at it. Um, I don't feel like my creative process in and of itself gives me the I did a thing feeling. Yeah. I think the only times I've had the I did a thing feeling is when I've made something and shared it with you guys. Oh, yeah. Like not share, you, even sharing it on social media is mm. not enough. Not necessarily not enough, but does not give me that feeling. Yeah. So you share it on social media and like you not are not interacting with yeah. any of those people who see the things. Do you have a different positive feeling or is it not particularly um, a positive feeling that's like probable? I feel like it, it might just be neutral. Mm-hmm. Like I, I finish a thing and I'm I feel accomplished and I do feel like I've had a done point. Like it's not that it's still as long before I share it, I could still change things. I, I do feel like I get to a point where I'm like, no, this is finished. Mm-hmm. But I don't get that euphoric feeling of, I don't know, feeling really happy that I made a thing and sharing it with somebody. Yeah. Um, and I think that is that I don't get that feeling unless I've actually shared it with a person in person. Yeah. You know? Um, you, and was that, you think that's your answer to why not or why? I'm not sure the reason why. I'm wondering if I did a thing feeling is necessary or if it's just sort of like a bonus. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's not not required. Mm -hmm. I think I'm new to feeling the I did a thing Mm. feeling. Yeah. (laughs) So. Did you ever feel it when you were in design or with your videos or with your music? Maybe a little bit with my videos, but again, because it's shared online, Mm. Uh, no feedback no feedback yeah no you know i think i maybe i felt that a little bit as i'm sharing it but there's no 
you were talking earlier about release yeah. from sharing it. There's no uh, release right. because there's no feedback of whether it's good or bad. Because it, you could post yeah. something online and then still have the feeling of maybe will people like it? I don't know. Like you still have that uncertainty. Yeah. Even if even if you get a ton of likes. So most of the stuff that you've like made, then uh, we can we can limit it to, or we can talk about the space of creative stuff. Has been stuff that you've shared online primarily. Or not shared at all. Yeah, right. Mostly not shared at all, and then mm. only shared online. Yeah. So I'm like sort of not the opposite, but a little bit different than that. I feel like the only stuff I make is the stuff that I. How do I say that? The only stuff I make is stuff that I can have an end thing to share. Yeah, like it's not really. I don't. I don't make stuff just for the just, just for make it. for just to make it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right like it propels me to like what's the final form of it mm-hmm. let me make that <laughs> yeah i think i have a problem with knowing what the final form is mm-hmm. like the options that are available to me because up until this past year i was like the only the only output is professional, like mm-hmm. finding a printer to make it. There's no like I can do it myself, which has obviously changed. I don't think my stopping from making things, stopping from sharing things, is in a I am satisfied with making it in and of myself. I think it is from anxiety of sharing it, mm-hmm. and I think my anxiety like overcomes my ability to share it, and then mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then if you wait long enough, you sort of stop caring about the thing, and then you don't have the push to right. share it at all. So right. the longer you wait, the easier it is to just never do it. I think with music, it kind of fits into that, like you have to practice music, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of, it's not what I'm about to say, but like creative waste. It's not, you're not wasting anything, but you're not recording anything. You're not saving anything for later. Most of the time, you're just like doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's the Guarded. entire point. Yeah. You mm-hmm. you play it and discard it then it's gone. And then you just like go about your day like it never happened. <laughs> and like, I there's almost that, nothing to show for it. I think that does fall into the creative waste thing. I think it's just more ethereal in that the creative waste is maybe your time yeah it's it's like internal <laughs> waste that music like, cannot unless it is captured right. doesn't stay yeah you have to like capture it in your experience mm-hmm. and then be able to like play it back later and then there's a difference between like going to a studio to record music and going to a show to play live mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're recording it you're obviously you have an end product that you can like give to someone and be mm. like, I did this and you mm. get that. I did this feeling. But if you do something live, it's just like the, I did this thing is like instant. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's happening right now. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, with, when you did, uh, uh, your Zine reading the tree, like I've never heard person. it pronounced that way. I'm sorry. I got zine. No, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just right. saying my brain broke. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were talking. Yeah, about... <laughs> I, I definitely had the I did a thing feeling with yeah. performing Tree Without Leaves at the Micro Variety Show. I think Tree Without Leaves was a, a a different kind of project in that it came out of 
feeling and like I didn't really intend to make it it just sort of happened and I like felt like I had to make it and so it seemed easy to then just do it in the variety show I did I did perform two things at the variety show I did the song with my dad and then I did the tree without leaves and I think I had to set up the song with my dad so that I would have a real performance that Mm. I did so that the tree without leaves couldn't matter or like it didn't Mm. have to matter but I did have that feeling after performing it. Yeah. Do y'all think, so there's like sort of two things. Like one is just getting in the flow and being in the flow of your creative practice. And that's sort of a, like it's valuable in and of itself. And then there's the idea that when you make art, part of making art is sharing it. Like do y'all think sharing it is like integral to <clears throat> like calling it art or like part of that process? Um, I think it's integral to the process. I don't think it's what's required to call something art. Mm. But when you make something to its finished state, when it's not just practicing drawing or singing, when you make something to its finished state but you do not share it, I feel like something is missed. Maybe lost, not integral, not not um, imperative mm. to the making, but yeah. definitely helpful. Yeah, I don't think it it's about whether or not it is art. I think it's like something that feels integral to being human, mm. which is sharing with people and being in community with people, right? So like you can make art and you could it could be buried away and someone could find it like in your basement after you you're dead like, you know, 20 years later and it's still art if you didn't share like it. Vivian you know, Myers, the photographer, mm-hmm. the nanny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think something about like there's there's an aliveness that that um is available to you when you share with people mm-hmm. and i think that's what this feeling is about you know it's yeah. just part of being uh, about feeling alive feeling present feeling human and feeling in community with people it does sound like what we're talking about here mm-hmm. has something to do with the fact of not just sharing it period but sharing it in front of people mm-hmm being in a space where you can you know share the air with someone as you're uh, presenting something that, that that you care about or that you're proud of or whatever so i think of, like when i think about what we're uh, what you were saying about practice and stuff there's also something really meaningful i think about jam sessions because those are practice mm-hmm. but they're also they're also social. a shared experience yeah, yeah yeah and and you know within those spaces you get like the room to kind of um, be like, oh, I'm gonna take this moment for a second, and just like do my riff, you know. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. I don't know anything about music. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, I do think that the the I did a thing feeling only comes from sharing mm-hmm. or from an interaction outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure you can get that feeling just by making something and keeping it. Mm-hmm. It's like like uh, when I wrote the question, right, I put quotes around I did a thing feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think those quotes, right, like they're, they're maybe, maybe they're literally about the, like saying those words. Hey, I did a thing. Yeah. You know, like, show, like talking mm-hmm. to someone saying like, hey, check this out. You know, it's a show and tell feeling or it's the feeling when you're like, uh, sh- like show your parents a picture that you drew when you're like five years old. And they're like, wow, yeah. this is going right on the fridge. <laughs> yeah, with a <the> eye roll. <laughs> Maybe that's what everyone thinks when I share this. Oh, these. no. <laughs> <laughs> Albert, how do you relate to the question in terms of um, 
in terms of your work because you talk a lot about like uh, creating games that you don't care if anyone plays them, mm. but you still share them. Um, well, I was just thinking earlier about like how living in a house with people that I trust and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and then this has become progressively more possible, you know, after my college years, although that year in New York was my roommates were not very fun to hang out with. I didn't, yeah, I didn't get down, but like, you know, my, my house after college or in the couple of places that I lived and then in Berkeley when I lived in the Creamsicle with some of my friends and, uh, and here, you know, like these spaces where I feel like I am commonly, I'm often like just sitting at my desk and like coming up with like stupid ideas and then like all of a sudden it's like oh this one's really nice and then I want to like go share with Christina and I'm like hey Christina let me bug you and stop you from doing whatever else you're doing (laughs) (laughs) sorry but check this out like so I feel like I'm um I don't know how I've like if I've built it into the into any process or not but I do think that it is a way that I am in the world to want to share the things that I am with, like just whoever's around. I do feel, uh, I, I feel a little embarrassed, but I still barrel through with it when like, I think about sometimes there's just like stories that I just want to tell everyone around, you know, like something yeah. happened to me, you know, yeah. and like, uh, and I want to tell every, the next like 10 people that I, uh, that yeah. I encounter until, until that feeling wears off where enough time has passed. Yeah, I definitely share that feeling. Yeah, and I I think it's it's related. I'm, I'm trying to I'm like this whole time I've been trying to remember like what was the last thing that I bugged Christina about. Um, but there's also these ice cream sandwiches that I made. That's uh, what I'm yeah. thinking actually. Right. <laughs> have you all had these yeah, ice cream sandwiches? I haven't, yeah. but I've definitely heard you talk about them. <laughs> so so for my listeners, <laughs> for our listeners. <laughs> Get ready. Get ready. I've been trying to share this. I mean, I like. I don't know if I don't know if people really, um, really have picked up on this when I share it online. But um, okay. Well, first of all, I really don't like the fancy cookie ice cream sandwiches. I don't like the ones that have like a real cookie with like a glob of ice cream inside them because they like the cookies are too thick and they're too hard and you bite them and they squeeze out the cookies. So I've been thinking about like how do you make like the perfect cookie for an ice cream sandwich? <laughs> that's been like one question that's been on my mind for a little bit. And then like a couple months ago, I realized that if you <laughs> put a bunch of ice cream inside a stale graham cracker <laughs> it's like two stale graham crackers and then leave it in the fridge for like two days maybe and then the graham cracker absorbs some of the liquid from the ice cream then you have like a perfect replica of those classic shitty ice cream sandwiches yeah. that you get in the box it feels like i mean it feels like a discovery of something that's like so simple but for some reason, it felt so inaccessible because all the other examples of ice cream sandwiches that weren't the like weren't the you know mass produced ones were, um, yeah, were like were ones that I that I thought were kind of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think like you know maybe there's something similar for that specifically about like how we've been realizing we've been learning how to like make Christina's been making soy milk and we've been making yogurt and we've been like kind of figuring out that there's so many basic things that we can make really simply at home that we don't need to go out and find the 
you know, process mass production version mm-hmm. of. Um, and I think that's why I didn't want, you know, when I wrote the question, it wasn't just about creative process, but it was about like, you know, all the things in your life, like what do you do that allows for it? And it seems like part of the answer for me is like, I'm, I'm kind of unabashed about sharing in person. Um, and I have in many spaces in my life created room to gather people together to share with each other so that I have an opportunity to share as well mm-hmm. um, in, in person in this kind of um, kind of performative way but in a you know more positive sense of the word performative you know performative just in the sense that like you are being a person in relation to other people I guess I don't know if just existing around other people is mm-hmm. performative yeah I mean, some some would argue. <laughs> Maybe you should talk to some post-structural people. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, like, it makes it easier in any case. And, like, the less we are around people that we're comfortable with, the less we're able to, uh, to share in a way that allows us to be like, you know, here's the thing. I mean, like, if, we, if we're comparing this to a show-and-tell in kindergarten class or showing your parents your scrawling uh crayon drawing there's the thing that kind of ties all these things together is a certain kind of trust and intimacy and comfort that allows you to reveal something about yourself in a pretty vulnerable way Mm -hmm. and not feel like the consequences are going to be dire you know like like uh i uh, in the best case you know like it's just it's just great you know, like, like the people just kind of, um, your, you know, your, your classmates, your teacher, your parents will like give you just kind of a certain kind of unconditional love in response because what you're showing them in a way isn't, isn't just this product or maybe it isn't the product at all, but you're showing them like you have given me enough care that I'm willing to give you this vulnerability that I'm willing to show you the first draft. Yeah. I see you raised your hand, Christina. Would you like to? It was supposed to be obtrusive, <laughs> so you could finish your thought. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> and that makes, yeah, what you were saying about, um, I think it is it is vulnerable to share the mm-hmm. joy or like the happiness. And it made me think of um, after I had done the uh, teen workshop at the library. And it was a zine making workshop, mm-hmm. and it went uh, it went really well. I had all this energy, and it was definitely similar to that I did a thing feeling. And then, mm-hmm. and then Albert was out of town, and I hadn't planned on seeing anyone. I think I had like tried to schedule a thing, but then it didn't work. But anyway, I there was no one around, and all I knew was that I did not want to be alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I ended up just having this, I, I spent the night alone, but it was just like, I ended up on YouTube because it was like, it felt really weird. Um, it was hard not to have anyone to share it with because it wasn't like I needed to share anything. It was just like, I needed needed to connect with someone or like mm-hmm. yeah. be in an energetic space with another person mm-hmm. because I had all this energy from having done a thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want to know more about your answer to the question. <laughs> well, okay, so okay, so I was gonna, I'll, I'll go back here because we're talking about something different now. We're talking about like sharing and connection, but my answer was more about. Um, I think for me, I've been thinking a lot about like containers, um, and having a container for a, a project is what helps me like make it. So like. I'm gonna write a let a mini letter every day for 30 days mm. as a container, and then mm. I can make the thing. Or it's like I'm gonna make this comic essay, and then the process is I make it, I scan it, I put it online, and then I share it. I like send it out on my newsletter, and that that cycle or that that feels like a complete container. So I know the ending, mm-hmm. so I can do it. Or um, here's an idea and it can be put into a zine. Like having that finished form is what allows me to make it. If I have an idea and I don't know where it's gonna go, it's really hard for me to like keep working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the problem right now is that I don't like any of the containers or I don't like the sharing end of any of the stuff right now. Mm. Or I don't, or also I need to like, I think I need to like close some containers to open new ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to like finish like certain projects that I've left dangling in order to like create something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, like create a new container to make new work. What, what do you think the new container might look like? I don't know. I think in episode four, we talked about how sharing and social media is all like weird now. Mm-hmm. And the idea of, or the insight that, oh, maybe we have to create new stuff. Mm -hmm. Like we have to create new ways of sharing Mm -hmm. that are in line with our values about connecting um, with people again. And so that's going to look different than putting it on a platform that we don't control. And that leads to not connection. I think that's some of the problems that I had with awesome Klingons show your work Mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff was very much centered on sharing broadly through social media it feels a little dated it feels a little dated like um or was it reimagining comics like the second yeah yeah, reinventing comics yeah it feels like it's kind of it's going to be stuck in an era because like we're going to move on from that being a primary method of sharing it also makes me think of like our um our zine reading last year the two we did like one we did in person and it felt (coughs) and we had like i don't know 20 Mm. people in the grove and we had albert read from his zine and i read from a zine and they played some music and alicia emceed and it felt so great Mm -hmm. it felt so great that we were like let's do it again online to share with our friends and we pulled in a couple other people to perform and it was all on zoom and I remember, and so we played all our sets. We had some awkward tech things. And then we, like, I cut it off. I, I ended the Zoom call. I ended the recording at the end of it. And I just felt weird. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like they had nowhere for the energy to go. Like, I immediately called, we immediately called back the mm. two other performers we had because we were like, okay, we need to be, like, in the same yeah. Like, we need to debrief this, or we need to mm-hmm. be in the same space, because mm-hmm. it just feels weird. Because you, you can't hear, because everyone else is muted, you can't hear feedback, you don't get any of the energetic, mm. like, yeah, feedback yeah. from people yeah. in the room. Like, when you're reading something into a screen, 
it just goes out and you don't get anything back. But when you're sitting in a room, you get energetically like, oh, someone heard it. Like it feels different. I was in the audience for both of those. And I thought that that reaction was so interesting because I felt the same about both of them. Right. From an audience point of view. From an audience point of view. Like the the consuming was, nothing was lost. But... I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. But it's similar to what like, you're no. saying, right? Of like, mm-hmm. when you put out a YouTube video, you have no idea. Yeah. But if yeah. you can give someone a zine and they're looking at it. <laughs> and even if they're just like, whatever. Yeah. At least that connection has been made. Yeah. Right. At least right. that has been bridged. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about this, uh, <laughs> this uh, piece I read about all the people who are broadcasting to no one on Twitch. Like, all the people mm-hmm. who have, like, a regular Twitch show with no viewers. I've definitely oh. done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what is your motivation for for when you're doing that? Yeah, it's kind of... It's, it's definitely, like, you're doing it in case someone shows up. Mm-hmm. Or to save it for later. Yeah. Or to practice. Or right. sometimes I'm like... I hope that no one shows up yeah. because then I don't have to worry about hmm. someone not liking it, I guess. I it's, like, it's like you have a stage, yeah. but it's like, but you have all of the trappings of, of the theater mm-hmm. without having to deal with. I do that. Don't, don't I do. Rehearsals I have, stuff, sometimes you know? I put up, like when I get in my head, sometimes I have to, sometimes my container is, I'm going to put this on a private Tumblr. Yeah. That I don't tell anyone about. Yeah. It's open to the public. Anyone can see mm. it, but I'm not going to tell anyone about yeah. it. Yeah. It's still like on stage. Yeah, like a private live journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, those are pretty good feeling. Yeah, uh, I miss that. The private live journal? Uh, I never did that, but I miss having social media that the people that I am close to don't know about. Yeah, mm. it feels really good to have Because like... I don't have it anymore. And like, I I don't really want to change that now because I feel like social media isn't I don't feel like there's any way to get back to whatever feeling whatever nostalgic feeling I'm going for but like all of my family is on yeah all of the social media yeah, right and every time I make something people who I care about know which means that I can never get into that really poisonous state of just shit talking people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thinking that nobody knows what's right. going on and so I I can't like feed that negative energy but you, but you don't have a place to dissipate it easily exactly yeah. yeah you know there are times where I'd be like man I really want to just like shout into the void that I'm really annoyed about this specific thing yeah but there is no more void to you shout to you should do stand yeah. comedy for your cats <laughs> <laughs> do you feel it if like say you're in, on a stage for like a the, like an actual the, like theater stage yeah, you're standing it. there and there's not a single other person in the room and then you perform yeah does the does the feeling do you happen? still feel like like i did a thing you're performing to people i, I can't imagine that i would i don't think i would ever do that yeah I've performed for like Who three people. Who am I people. afraid of in that stage? I'm not sure. But. Right? You still feel it. You yeah. still feel like even though there's not a single person in the seat, you can still feel mm. the seat hmm. watching you. Interesting. <laughs> like some amorphous, like people used to be there and people will be there. 
this is just like a state of flux they where they're like invisible yeah. or I wonder if it's like similar to the like when people talk about journaling and they're like I wonder what people are going to think about when they dig this up mm. in archaeology oh, like definitely. They, yeah, I wonder if it's similar I mean I bet yeah. that's similar to the live journal feeling but you that is like totally unavailable when you're just provide, uh, performing to an empty stage mm-hmm. I don't know I, I mean how you're probably performing to some security camera somewhere <laughs> No. There's a security guard who's getting a good show. Not if, like, it's abandoned and there's no one monitoring this place. <laughs> Is it you're more right. creepy or less creepy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're performing to the ghosts. Yeah, the ghosts all that, the time. Uh, yeah, that are haunting all the every time. place because of all the people we have murdered. Can Not I... me personally. <laughs> <laughs> just, just before the. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Maybe you already covered it. For some reason, I was I had a question, Arne, when you said like the I did a thing feeling mm-hmm. isn't always required or isn't always for art, right? Like mm-hmm. that was the, the yeah. I don't know what my definition of art is anymore, but I don't. Um, I'm not positive that sharing is required to call it art. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I don't think that I did a thing feeling is required for something to be art the the other thought i had was that i think our current culture or capitalism or something conflates a lot of these things with like you can't have the idea thing feeling unless you make a object or commodity that can be a sellable thing a sellable thing yeah it doesn't count it doesn't count if you perform to three people it doesn't count if you just want to jam with your friends and no one ever hears it it doesn't count if you made some good akara (laughs) what's cool about that is that about what's cool is that that uh economic model has no control over whether or not you actually feel that Mm -hmm. although it will try to dictate the culture in which you're doing things period if you are willing to share with people and you're able to hang out with people who aren't totally cynical and bought into that that version of the world i mean like yeah i don't know like i feel like even when my stuff is shitty like i can share it with y'all and like you'd you'd, you'd be supportive even if it's Mm -hmm. even if you're like you know i have some criticism whatever you know i feel like it would still it would still be like all that stuff is available and i think that that's some of the things that I was thinking about when we were doing Sandbox, which is our uh, live games open mic that I used to run, um, which was about, it was borrowing the poetry open mic model. And it was about like just bringing people into a space where they can share things and be supportive of each other. There's something about it where it's like when you do it in the context of a community, it doesn't matter if it's that, if it's like, you know, good on some craft level or some commodity level or or you know perfection level it's good if you care about it and you want to share it like you know that's all that matters in those cases yeah definitely um uh the noise shows Mm -hmm. in town are definitely a good example of that where anything that you do like it doesn't even have to be music yeah. necessarily, but it's like it's accepted by other people yeah. just for like showing up and doing it in front of other people. Yeah. Like that 
then people will clap and appreciate it and like talk to you afterwards mm -hmm. um at the one of the recent noise shows in town there is uh, a performance by sponsored trash mm -hmm. where they were just covered in trash and dragged bike spokes and metal through the streets and then took it into the performance area and just like like just smashed trash on the ground and there was some there were definitely some like musical parts to it and it was all in a sense musical but you know it, it's just a bunch of trash and but them doing that and sharing it with the people was you know a, a thing they did a thing mm. do you think they had that feeling oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> I could, I, I could tell. Like almost every episode, I'm like, I'm gonna go grab this thing to read. <laughs> Do go, it. go grab a thing okay. to read. Go grab a thing to read. Yeah. Okay. Till then. Find your part. Um, Who wrote that? That's what I was wondering. Who wrote, wrote that? Chris. Seems oh, like Chris, Chris. Wait. Seems like a Chris thing. I don't. I'm not gonna 100 say it's mm. Chris, but that's like a 75 feeling. Mm -hmm. Chris, if you wrote this. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Shout out to Chris, anyways. For, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we have the episode. Yeah, four, five. 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 Okay, so this is a philosophy of noise, parentheses, or how to make the avant-garde inclusive, close parentheses. Um, this was just a handout that was given out at Noise Fest. It says, the first freedom inherent in noise music is that it can involve every member of society, whether experienced or inexperienced in making traditional music. Anyone can participate and create something meaningful within a supportive atmosphere, as long as an individual is creating noise of some kind, whether electronically or acoustically, they are creating noise music. This encourages participants not to view others as more or less talented, but rather as equals and co-creators. Musicians create for themselves outside of what everyone else is doing, while at the same time contributing towards something that everybody is doing collectively. Ideally, this brings about an incredibly inclusive atmosphere in which everyone involved can shift their motivation away from attempting to perform against a preconceived standard towards focusing instead on the process of collective creation without ego. Everybody is playing on the same level. Making noise is simply making noise, and regardless of the vision someone uses to create their sound within the context of noise music, all can be accepted equally. I think something about it, about what we're talking about here, in contrast to those words, but I think are is relevant to the noise community, is that it's 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 not that we're creating without ego. Mm -hmm. It's that we're creating without zero sum ego, mm. right? Where everyone gets an opportunity to have some kind of pride and self recognition within the space of creativity it's just that no one's is better than another person so that you don't have to try to like beat someone else or you don't have to feel shame when you're not as good in air quotes um yeah, yeah. or you don't have you don't have to feel like i have to be a capital a artist to right. make a thing it's not battle of the bands yeah <laughs> yeah they're right, not right. competing like anyone mm -hmm. can make anyone can have this feeling yeah i'm trying to think about it in my past if there was any sort of show sort of thing with my art or with like in my circles that wasn't competitive because there were gallery showings but you had to get accepted there was the like awards at the end of the year where you'd like have something that you submit and they had to be like you know judged there was all of the stuff that was graded 
I can't think of a, a single thing that we did that was just like everybody make a thing and put it in the thing and then we'll all be happy. I think even in Halloween we would like carve pumpkins <laughs> and then they were fucking raided. Like they were like put on a table and like given awards and it was like there was nothing that was separate from that. There's this fear, I think, as a uh, from the organizer perspective mm-hmm. that people aren't going to participate unless there's some kind of promise of a tangible reward. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's really unfortunate, you know, and it's really, it's, it's, ingrained in the way that we think about how participation works which is really fucked up yeah there's the hollow open as contrast sure yeah, yeah i mean i don't think yeah. this is true in you know the entire world but it's it's there you know and I, I think about when i was making um more public games and how there was often this pressure to offer some kind of reward mm. to make mm. it more of a gambling game than, a, uh, than yeah. just a, a free play mm. exercise. And it was something that I felt like was a tension that I, that I tried to resist. Sometimes I fail, you know, sometimes I just gave into it. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of times in games, there's like um, the idea that you have to win yeah. the game, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. Yeah. There's, you don't have to win a game for it to be a game. Yeah. I think you only have to participate in an earnest and authentic way. Yeah. And go into it with a spirit of play, and then you are playing. Mm-hmm. And there's – yeah. I mean, there's, there's different conceptions of games, but I think the requirement of winning or win conditions is – just is more of a reflection of the culture that the game is being made in than a reflection of what a game has to be. Yeah. That is a whole other episode. Uh, but I do feel like that that concept of like judging and winning and and award is like uh, almost poison to the I did a thing feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it puts the importance on what you get or like what you achieve from it rather than the doing the thing in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting thing that I didn't realize, but that maybe that's why I don't have a lot of experience with the, I did a thing feeling because mm-hmm. I was knee deep in the, what do I win feeling? Is that similarly or t- somehow tied to sharing work on like the internet or social media where there's like a view count mm-hmm. there's a like count you there's know a ratio yeah <laughs> it keeps track you can compare this work to this work to someone else's work oh they have 10,000 likes and i only have 4,000 likes mm-hmm. or yeah. i made that- a video and it's got 20 views or this video has zero views yeah. Yeah. that's a nice contrast to like even so if you share it in person or with people even if they don't like it it's still not quantifiable yeah, <laughs> yeah. right like that's why it's yeah. so great 100 like, percent of the hey, people that I were here <laughs> yeah enjoyed that by it was 85 percent applause <laughs> you know like you yeah, <laughs> don't get those numbers yeah except when you're like an improv show and they have the applause on me <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm just gonna throw out this term when we probably don't want to discuss it. But I think something about this like obsession or paradigm based on the extreme measurability of so many things on the 
digital world. I'm going to call it a digital materialism uh, in the sense that like that which is noticeable, observable, empirical, and countable is the main thing that matters mm-hmm. over all the people that are involved in it. There's kind of like ineffable social relationships that are that are formed. Um, or even the actual like art that's being posted yeah, in sure. itself. The, the fact of posting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a a tangible object, but it's still like a quantifiable mm-hmm. amount of data. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that kind Enough of materials. Numbers right. have added up mm-hmm. even though it's not an actual like pile of money or something. And it's funny because when we think uh, when we that talk how about it works? <laughs> the piles of yeah. money, one like equals one penny, <laughs> right? Because I mean, like, I, I think there's a scramble in the in in um, uh, tech businesses to try to figure out a way to make that tra- that that uh, that alchemy happen. You know, like mm-hmm. your your likes into gold, right? Yeah, and uh, and. Uh, at the same time, there's these uh, there's a lot of myths or kind of a, just false narratives about the idea that like you know the more people you have on your platform, if you can just like get those numbers to to sound really good, then your thing is successful and it's all really mythical. At the same time, it's trying to pretend it's based on you know, quote unquote real numbers. Mm-hmm. It's it's. It's not capitalism, but it's still the idea of capital, mm-hmm. sort of like you start it, maybe nothing or something like that, and you get an amount, and you, you need more of that. You need the more numbers. Yeah. You need mm-hmm. more likes than your previous. You need to keep growing and have more and more and more. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, okay. what the capital is. It is capitalism. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly a reflection of it through yeah. through another kind of social means. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like you know, you were talking about earlier, Christina, about how like you don't feel like you want to share with like anyone you don't know anymore, right? Like you're we we're talking about the parasocial relationship mm-hmm. kind of thing, and that like the way that you want to share is just among the people that you that you care about and care about you, you know, and that I think is closer you know it all of this is kind of getting us closer to the opportunities to have the idea of thing feeling and you know ultimately like with noise stress community and with uh with what we're trying to do at my and you know with like op- like open mics and stuff it's about trying to get to a place where we can be in communion with the communities that can support us and encourage us to keep going and that getting that is the is the idea of thing feeling mm. feeling safe enough to offer and then knowing that you'll receive is an idea of thing feeling yeah do you want to read the question does your process creative or otherwise lend itself to that i did a thing feeling why or why not so if you'd like to participate in answering this question with us Put it. Put the answer on your fridge and send us a picture. <laughs> yes. Put the answer on your fridge and send us a picture. You've been listening to Dispatches from Mount Caz, conversations from a creative community, recorded and produced at Mount Caz Studios in Corvallis, Oregon. Check out the show notes for music credits and more information about the people and things we talked about.
start with Christina and okay. go around and then... Yeah. I think we should start with you and then go clockwise because then it's going to come back to you and that's... that's yeah. Okay. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so demanding. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> All right. Hitting record. I'm Arnea. I'm Christina. I'm Albert. I'm Nathan. And this is Dispatches from Mount Cass, conversations from a creative community. In this episode, we discuss fuck. <laughs> <laughs>